Blog Talk Radio. Pretty much 
covered everything uh, I, I could say about that. Uh, you know, he talked about him. He's got four rushing touchdowns. We like that. Now, still only nine passing, but he's going to add to that total this week against the Browns. This week just gets worse for Cleveland sports fans. But you still have the Cavaliers. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns screw around and win this week, if only to screw up our draft pick, because having the Browns ever really do anything completely correctly, <laughs> including lose. So, and it just, I don't know who the Cowboys play after Cleveland, but I'm just going to assume that this is a trap game. So, in the interest of, and plus I got ground to make up, so in the interest of picking somebody different, I, and I'm once again, I'm doing these off the top of my head so you can appreciate all the research and everything I put into them. I'm going to go with Cam Newton, Carolina Panthers, in L.A. against the Rams. You know, Cam come out, said he's not having fun, getting hit too much, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Didn't really have much of a game this past week statistically, although the Panthers won big. They were able to run the football with success against Arizona at a defensive score. That game to me felt like, now I'm not saying Carolina's going to win the NFC South. I'm not even going to say that Carolina is going to make the playoffs. But I'm also not going to say that they're not. We've kind of seen this movie before with Carolina, 3-8-1 and one a couple of years ago, won their last four, wound up South Division champions. And even though the Atlanta Falcons beat the Green Bay Packers last week, I'm still not completely sold on Atlanta. They'll have a chance to convince me a little more if they can beat Tampa tonight, but they've lost to the Buccaneers, I think, three times in a row. I wouldn't be that surprised to see Tampa win this game tonight. And if they do, you know, all of a sudden that division's wide open again, especially with the Saints beating Seattle last week. So why the heck not? I'll go Cam Newton. God Lasky, stud running back. Well, again, I narrowed it down from a choice of four, and with injuries knocking out three of the guys because they're still kind of questionable, the, the obvious choice for me this week is Le'Veon Bell. Ben Roethlisberger started practicing this week, but we still don't know how effective he's going to be because of his injury. I can see, number one, Pittsburgh running the ball more, and number two, if Ben is active, that could mean shorter passes, which means, again, Le'Veon Bell receiving screen passes or short passes on the backfield. Le'Veon Bell has got to be the obvious choice this week. Let me guess, well, you went Le'Veon Bell, too. I went Le'Veon Bell, too, again. You've seen this the last yeah. touched on most of the reasons, I would say, and I just haven't used Le'Veon Bell yet. So I'm like, let me go ahead and do that as a hurting Michigan State Spartan fan. Let me throw a former Spartan out there. Kind of hard to argue with that call. Yeah, it's Steelers-Ravens. They might have Dick Ben back. Both teams need the extra Steelers Ravens usually is. I'll go Le'Veon Bell as well. Mr. Latsky, third wide receiver. Well, uh, I'm thinking that uh, Dak Prescott, my top quarterback stud for the week, is going to keep throwing the ball to Des Bryant quite a bit this week. Uh, again, it's a bad defense for the Browns. Uh, I don't expect to, to, for Dallas to let up on the, the speed whatsoever. They've got a nice head of steam going. I think they keep going this week. Des Bryant is getting healthier each and every day. I expect Des to have a big game this week against a weak Cleveland defense. Mr. Sperling. Hey, I finally have a different player than Todd. I'm going Jordy Nelson, the Green Bay Packers. I, I like their matchup at home this week against Indianapolis Colts in a, in a bang-up secondary. I believe they'll probably be without Vontae Davis, who I think is working through the concussion protocol, and I think Mike Adams is out for a while. Aaron Rodgers, seven touchdown passes, no interceptions over the last two games. I like the way this game is shaping up at home for the Packers. I think it's going to be a big Jordy Nelson day. I'm going to go same team, different player. I'm going to go Devontae Adams. has been big the last couple weeks. was big. Nelson started off. I mean, the first half of last week's game against Atlanta, it looked like Jordy Nelson was going to catch 13 passes for 325 mm-hmm. yards and four. But he just kind of disappeared in the second half. It's going to be interesting to see if the Packers have Ty Montgomery back this week. I know he hasn't been cleared to play. But it kind of sounds like the tea leaves seem to be leaning toward is being cleared before, you know, due to apparently it's due to sickle cell trait was the reason why 
He yeah. was a surprise scratch last week and broke a lot of hearts with that late game in Atlanta. I know I was scrambling. One league I throw in Mohamed Sanu at the last minute. Thank you, mm-hmm. Mohamed Sanu, from the bottom wow. of my heart. Yeah, sometimes That's it's right. better to be lucky than good. Uh, so I'll go Devontae Adams. I do expect, even if Devontae Davis plays, I think Green Bay will have a pretty – I mean, they've got to throw the ball right now. They can't run the ball. So I, I did see a report also, from Roto I did see a report from Roto World that said that um, Ty Montgomery could very well lead the backfield and carries this week. So that may be a late addition you guys are not aware of. It looks like he may be the lead running back this week. Oh, and given that Montgomery still has is still considered a wide receiver at my fantasy league, you know, I think if there was another person making a studs and duds call, he could pick Ty Montgomery. And I think, let's put it this way, one of those three Green Bay guys, and maybe even two of them, <laughs> is going to have a very nice week this week. It's just that I think that's going to be the problem with the Packers probably the rest of the way is figuring out which way it's going. I mean, it's a good problem for the Packers to have. It's just kind of thing drive fantasy owners up a tree. Stud IDP, Mr. Lasky. Well, again, I've got kind of a theme going here, and maybe you guys can figure it out, but I think Dallas crushes Cleveland this week. Sorry. I, I know you've got some bad hurt going on anyway, Gary, with the Indians' loss last night, so please bear with me. But I'm going to ride this Dallas Cowboy train, and I'm going with Sean Lee. Cody Kessler has been hurt. Uh, he may be coming back, but I don't think he's going to be at 100%. Uh, we've got some injuries going on with uh, Pryor at one wide receiver. we got injuries with Corey Coleman coming back at the other wide receiver, but he's not at 100%. I can see a lot of running and or short passing, which means Sean Lee should be all over the field making plays. So I've got Sean Lee as a big, big-time play this week at linebacker for the Cowboys. Mr. Spurl. Once again, Todd stole my pick. I'm also rolling out Sean Lee. I just like Sean Lee. I like the matchup. I think over the last five weeks, the Browns have been like a top ten matchup for running backs. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, matchup for uh, linebackers, giving up 66 solo tackles of the position. Six sacks. I don't know if we can count on that from Sean Lee. But, again, I, I think they're going to try and establish a run with Crowell. There's going to be plenty of tackle opportunities. And I like to always give a tip of the cap to some veteran IDP guys that have helped me over the years. That's how I roll as a Lions fan. Browns are going to get hammered. I'll go Morgan Burnett, Burnett, safety Green Bay Packers, just outside the top 12. Has been, whereas last year was all about ha-ha Clinton Dix at the back end of that Green Bay defense this year, it's flipped back to Burnett in a big way, like the matchup with the Indianapolis Colts. I think it'll be a busy game. I like Jake Ryan. The Colts have been a solid matchup pretty much across the board for IDPs this year. I think they lead Mm -hmm. so far as points allowed to IDPs overall, if you just combine them all. I'm pretty sure they're number one. And I like – Jake Ryan this week as a, uh, you know, with 16s on a buy or some people combing that waiver wire trying to find somebody they can plug in their lineups. Ryan's not an every-down guy. He leaves the field in some sub-packages, plays about, I would guess, probably about 70% of their snaps. And I think against the Colts this week, that's going to be enough for him to be at least a decent start. Uh, another waiver linebacker if you're desperate. Corey Toomer, San Diego Chargers. The Chargers are going to be without Denzel Perriman and Jatavis Brown this week. Moved Kyle Emanuel from outside linebacker to inside linebacker, but I think he's just going to be a base defense guy. They're going to bring in Josh Perry, the rookie out of Ohio State, to play in the nickel. But it was Toomer that came in last week after Brown got hurt, wore the green dot, made the play calls to do a practice squatter out of who they signed up Oakland's practice squad earlier this season. Yeah, he's going to be their guy this week. So against the Tennessee team that likes to run the football, I think he's a guy that you can probably plug in and get decent numbers out of. While we're on a little bit of an IDP kick, I'll change subject a little bit. Mr. Sperlin, what did you make of that Jamie Collins deal? Oh, I know. that, And it's funny. Actually, I was going to hit on you later in the show about – because I picked up in my longtime IDP – well, it's a mixed league, but the first IDP league I ever joined, which got me interested, I picked up both Emmanuel and the Tumor, the other one. So it's Tumor you're saying go with. Yeah. I like yeah, it. I'll put I mean, him in. Tumor's, 
Tamer's the guy that made the play calls as fast, I assume, because they just moved Emmanuel inside literally like a couple days. I think they worry about how Perry's going to hold up at the point of attack. And given that they're playing Tennessee, I mean, this is not a good week to not be able to hold up at the point of attack. So I think they're hoping Emmanuel will play a little bit better against the run. But, yeah, Tumor's a guy that I expect to be in every play. He's a guy I'm going to be rolling out in a couple of leagues because Jatavis Brown had been my saving grace in a couple of IUPs mm-hmm. now. It looks wow. like he's going to be out a week or two. And, of course, Perriman does an excellent job of taking advantage of the uh, opportunity to get some snaps by pulling his hamstring. So. <laughs> exactly. All, I, had, Collins all I have to say about – go ahead. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. Finish up. No, you. No, I just, as far as the Collins trade, boy, that definitely blindsided by it. And then, of course, you get all the – information out later that, you know, again, was it Mike Lombardi that was putting a lot of this out, talking about it, how he freelanced too much, he's lazy. You know, I mean, you could see his snaps dwindling. You know, he was coming off the field more than he had in the past. But, again, I think it has more to do with what the Patriots do. They're not going to pay him. You know, they let, you know, that's why they traded Chandler Jones. That's why going back, well, you got Lawyer Malloy, Willie McGinnis. I mean, this is what the Patriots do. I think it has more to do with the, the financial side of things, and they obviously believe that they'll be able to plug plug and play over his production. I don't necessarily think it's going to be Kyle Van Noy. Around here, people are saying, oh, the Patriots must know something about Van Noy. We don't, because look what they just did. I don't think he's <laughs> the big beneficiary. I mean, they'll probably get more production on him than the Lions, but, but that, was a, that was definitely big doings in the IDP world uh, when that happened, and, and poor Jimmy Collins, although he's talked about he likes the family atmosphere in Cleveland, which I don't know how he's got that after two days, but, you know, as opposed to New England, but a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and now his only chance is if he buys his tickets early. Hey, here well, I, I, <laughs> I had heard that he was looking for over $10 million a year, and, yeah, so I agree that money is a Yeah. Oh, right, but but that's why, I mean, no one was going to pay But also, for all you IDP lovers, this really knocks the heck out of the stock of Demario Davis. I mean, he's oh, yeah. gone off. He's, yeah, he's... Yeah. I think yeah. Chris Kersey will be okay. Kersey has played very well against the run this year. He's top five inside linebacker pro football focus against the run. In pass coverage, they've both been horrible. I mean, I think they're both like bottom five or six in the league. Kirksey yeah. is next to last, I think, among like a hundred and something odd qualifying inside linebackers. They're just – and coverage is one column strength. Yep. As far as the Mike Lombardi crap, dude, oh, my, blow it out here. You know really? I, I, Ten days ago – Ten days ago, Jamie Collins is considered one of the probably top three or four inside linebackers in the National Football League, and then all of a sudden he's a bum. Maybe he does, and I can understand where freelancing would drive Belichick nuts because everything has to be done. I remember when he was the head coach in Cleveland, he benched Bernie Kosar for calling an audible, and on that play, Kosar threw a touchdown pass. So, but this notion that Collins isn't the player that we thought he was, I just, guys, the tape don't lie, man. And apparently they're really high on Landon Roberts, that rookie sixth rounder who had been taking base defense snaps away. That's the guy. Winner. He's going to be counted on to be the foundation of their LB core now. He's obviously going to play every down. And everybody, and I'm inclined to agree with the consensus that says it's going to be Roberts who's going to be the other big winner. But, you know, they just picked up in the way they brought in Marquise Mingo not too long ago. And the Patriots are a team that is not afraid to rotate. And so mm-hmm. I'm not getting, I picked up Roberts in a couple of leagues, but I'm not going to be in a huge hurry to start him next week. It's like I um, wouldn't touch Davis with a 10-foot pole this week. I think Kirksey's okay to start this week in a good matchup with the Dallas Cowboys. I think he'll be fine. Davis and Collins, I'm going to be leaving on my bench just because I'm not sure how the snaps are going to end. There's, I've heard rumblings, people talking about the Browns might put Collins outside, which I hope not because that would probably screw up his IDP value. But I guess in theory you could. So it's well, going to be interesting great. to see how they line those guys up. 
Right, and and they are the Browns, so don't be surprised if they do, just to spite you. <laughs> but as long as we're talking about surprise moves, I did tease you guys a little bit. I was going to talk a little bit about the uh, the whole ordeal with North Turner for the Vikings and his surprise resignation. Talking with a vendor at work a half an hour before he resigned, and he said that if the Vikings lose again, I wouldn't be surprised if North Turner is let go. We were also talking, and for you heads-up people, if you can think outside the box just a little bit, Cordell, Cordero Patterson, as a rookie, was a pretty shifty little runner out of the backfield for the, for the Vikings, and he had at least six touchdowns out of the backfield. With the Vikings' backfield in the condition it's in, I would not be a bit surprised to see Cordero Patterson get some carries a la Ty Montgomery sort of deal for the Vikings in the very near future. So if you've got yeah, a roster Vikings spot... Vikings will do something about that offensive line. It ain't going to matter. If you're running back, they're going to get killed. I mean, well, granted, right, Asiata has all the explosiveness of a wet box of cereal, but it's, it, there was nowhere to run against Chicago. I mean, it don't matter. It's, well, you're right. Uh, number one, you're right about Asiata. Uh, yeah, uh, paint dries faster than he runs. Um, but Cordero Patterson does. Cordero Patterson does have some speed, uh, and he yeah. is a play. He is a playmaker if you if he's given the chance. So, like I said, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see him get a half a dozen carries out of the backfield minimum. So, if you're looking for a deep sleeper because of bye weeks whatsoever, that might be a guy that you're looking for. The quarterback, Mr. Lasky. Uh, I'm. With my studs, I also went in kind of the same route as my studs, and I kind of went heavy on one team. And you'll find out with my very first two duds, it's the same team. I think uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to struggle very, very hard at Seattle. Seattle's coming off a couple of subpar performances. They're going to be at home on Monday night. I think the crowd is going to get them activated. They're going to be loud. They're going to be upset at their performance of late. I see Tyrod Taylor having a very difficult time in Seattle. Well, oh, I am going. Uh, this will surprise people, I'm sure. Matthew Stafford, the quarterback of my Detroit Lions at Minnesota this week. It's just a a bad matchup for the Lions going on the road, facing an angry Minnesota team. And I just, I don't see good things happening for this passing game. Yeah. I know Jay Cutler had moderate success and we, we've touched on the, you know, Minnesota line struggling to you know, protect Bradford. Well, I think the, the Detroit line is going to struggle to protect Stafford this week. And I just remember the two games last year, I don't have the sack total in front of me what Minnesota got, but I just remember they hammered Stafford uh, on, on a play-by-play basis. We don't have a running game to speak of. We're not going to be able to gouge him like Jordan Howard did. We don't have that back. So it's going to be passing, and it's not going to be pretty for my Lions this week. You know the Lions are allowing the third fewest fantasy points to defensive linemen this year? That surprised me. Ooh. Well, we got to hang our we got to hang our hat on something. <laughs> there you go. I don't know that I have anything to add. Those are the two guys that I looked at: Taylor in Seattle, Stafford in Minnesota. It's just not matchups that shape up well for either guy. I went with Taylor, but yeah, both those guys. Todd, I think, made it pretty clear that he's going with a dinged up Lashawn McCoy running back. What about you, Wally? I'm going another direction. I'm going to go with uh, Frank Gore in a tough matchup on the road at Green Bay. Uh, no team is tougher on running backs as far as giving up fantasy points than the Packers. They've only given up 480 rushing yards through seven games. And, you know, Gore's done a little bit of damage in the passing game lately. But they, again, have only given up 208 yards passing, only three total touchdowns of running backs. I just don't think this is a week where Frank Gore is going to excel. The Packers are too tough on running backs. Hmm. Yeah, I like both those calls. He's questionable. 
in the interest of being different. I don't know if he practiced today or not. But Spencer Ware, Kansas City Chief. Oh. I know he didn't. I haven't seen if you. I don't. I don't know. I know he didn't practice yesterday at all. But I don't. I know he's in the concussion protocol. I kind of hope he sits this week because uh, there's a couple leagues where I have Sharkhandrick West where I could rather would rather like to use it. And the Chiefs have a nice matchup this week too. I think they'll be able to run them. Yes, I, I totally agree. Yeah, and Ware did not. Pra- well, the latest Roto World says Ware will not practice Thursday, so we'll go ahead and assume that he that he didn't. Ah, uh, yeah, then didn't practice at all on Wednesday or Thursday. Then I would say he's probably highly iffy. I just don't think he's going to clear a concussion protocol by Sunday. But the Chiefs have forty-seven tailbacks, so so just plug in the next guy and on they'll go. And that's the it's a big game because with. Denver and Oakland playing each other Sunday night in what should be that's a true Sunday night show. I mean, when's the last time the Raiders had a home game this big? Yeah, that's a long uh, time. Well, it's going to be a fun one, and, and it's such a winnable game for them too, with the way Trevor Simeon's playing or not. Uh, Khalil, that Denver offensive line has struggled. Khalil Mack appears to be, you know, Khalil Mack again. The defense has settled down a little bit since they played. Perry Riley is by no stretch of the imagination a Pro Bowl linebacker, but he has been around the block a couple times. And I think that having him in there in the middle rather than Corey James or Ben Heaney, the youngsters, which may offer a little more in the athleticism department, but I think they also offer more in the whoops, some way out of position department than Riley. It seems to steady. I mean, not that the Raiders are playing great defense, but they're not playing as horribly as they were. I do think if that Denver line can give Trevor Simeon a little bit of time, you can make some hay against some Oakland cornerbacks. Yeah, it's a lot Yep, roll out David Amerson this week in IDP leagues if you got him. I like the Denver because mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a key to lead. Went for a second opinion on his back injury. He's looking iffy for this week. If that's the case in a cornerback required league, I'm going to be all over Bradley Roby. Just sir, as a starter, not just because he had a pick six last week. That's fluky. That's not the point. Roby can tackle. I know this from his Ohio yep. State guy yep. days. And Derek Carr's got enough sense to if Chris Harris and Roby are your choices. He's going to attack Roby because Chris Harris plays in a keep to leave shadow, so he don't get the credit that he ought to. But Chris Harris ain't no bum. So, mm-hmm. agreed, Mr. Lasky, Doug, Doug wide receiver. Well, I, I'm going to kind of ride the coattails of uh, Wally with his Doug quarterback. Um, Xavier Rose has proven this year that he can stand up against any wide receiver, and I think he can, by all means, shut down your guy, Gary, and Marvin Jones. Um, as much as Marvin Jones has, has impressed me this year, uh, I think Xavier Rose can shut him down in a heartbeat, uh, along with the reasons what Wally said about the Detroit Lions offensive line not being able to protect, especially against Minnesota's defensive line. Uh, I can see Everson Griffin having a big game. Uh, I can see Matt Stafford being harassed and hurried quite a bit. I don't think Marvin Jones gets the chance to get open very often. Marvin Jones is my dud. Yeah, I can't argue that. He was going to be the guy that I meant just from glancing at the wide receiver, like said, Xavier Rhodes is a good cover corner. And it feels like Marvin Ebron, Golden Tate, short mm. passing and attack and the Vikings vertically. Who you got, Wallace? I got, let's make it a clean sweep. I have Marvin Jones of my Lions. Again, it's a tough help. The Vikings are one of the toughest defenses against wide receivers for fantasy purposes, only giving up four touchdown passes on the year. Yeah, it's it's going to be a long day for my Lions. That's some phenomenal optimism you got going there, Wall. <laughs> <laughs> look what they did against the Texans on the road. And the Texans are not the Vikings defensively. Yeah, they're tough on wide receivers as well. Uh, they've only given up four touchdowns and whatever, but still, nah. This, Like I said, this defense just seems to beat up Matt Stafford, and it's going to trickle down. And you mentioned with Ebron back, Theo Riddick will be involved in the passing game. <clears throat> Jones is uh, losing targets on a weekly basis. So, yeah, and Rhodes being on him, as Todd mentioned, that's – a bad recipe. That was a big part of the reason why I looked at him was that his targets have been down these past 
two, three weeks, which sucks for a couple of my fantasy teams. But I'll, I'll send Matt Stafford a letter, but I don't know if it'll do any good. Mr. Lasky, your gut ID. <laughs> well, you know, I'm kind of torn on this game going on tonight. Part of me thinks that Tampa Bay can pull the upset because Atlanta might have a letdown after their huge win last week against the Packers. But I still don't like Robert Alford in this matchup tonight. Uh, Matt Ryan's been able to spread the ball around all over the place. He's having a phenomenal year. I think he'll do so again, limiting the chances of Robert Alford to make plays. So Alford's only had one big week this year. All the rest of the weeks have been pretty small. I think he's kind of an obvious choice to have another small week this week. Oh, I think Alford's going to be pretty bored tonight. James Winston attacks. Uh, James Winston's going to throw to Mike Kevin regardless. I mean, it don't matter who's covering him. So Desmond Trufant's another guy I like this week in cornerback prior leagues. Although I don't want, you know, usually those quote-unquote shutdown guys you want to stay away from unless they're playing Tampa Bay. Because Winston is going to throw at Mike Evans. I don't give a flying flip who's covering him. Mr. Spoiling. Uh, oh, I'm going with the former Detroit Lion. I'm staying on the, the Lion train here uh, for my IDP dud. Nick Fairley, defensive tackle, faints. He basically put up the points that allow him to be in the top 12 in weeks three and four, and he's done nothing since then. So since I can no longer use Steve McClendon, and I tip my cap to him because he's been one of my favorite duds, I'm going to go ahead and jump on the Nick Fairley train, and that's a big, fat, slow train. <laughs> I'll jump on with you. I'll jump on with you just so I don't have to look anything up because there I don't want go. to put in the effort. I don't know. I don't know if Kamal Ishmael is still clinging to that 12th place ranking among safeties or not. So. That brings us to Week Nine's games. We've already discussed it just a little bit. Tonight's affair, which actually for Thursday night game, Tampa, Atlanta, especially coming off Jacksonville, Tennessee, although that was actually a halfway entertaining game, at least watching Tennessee roll the Jaguars and start the Gus Bradley death watch. And they extended extended, extended Gus Bradley this week. Did they really? I missed that. You keep talking, I will look it up, but... Wow. I, I, I guess I would have missed that one also. Wow. I know they there fired their offensive coordinator still. Wow. That's surprising to me. I was I watching figured. the Rich Eisen show, so I want to yeah, I wanna make sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they did. But go ahead and start this. I, I will continue. Because I had essentially – Shad Khan wasn't going to fire him mid-season because if Khan had to show up every week and watch that dumpster fire, he was going to make Bradley do it too. But I would have thought after the season, I mean, if I was the owner of the Jaguars after the season, Gus Bradley's gone. At some point, you, at some point, there have to be results. And they just that game last week, before halftime, the Jaguars had quit. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, that looked like a team that was just not giving it 110%. And, yes, they come back. They come out. We got to see a return of Blake Bortles' garbage time, which makes fantasy owners happy. But okay. the Jaguars as I look it up, As I look Go it up, ahead. I don't see the news, so maybe the Rich Eisen show was misleading. They were talking about the January extension that they gave him, so I don't see one from this week. So let me make sure I put that on the record. I just, again, as I okay. watch Rich Eisen, I also type. So, but, yeah. So, he needs to be gone. If, if yeah, the Gus Bradley death watch is back on. Right on. It's back on. It, it is back yeah. on, and I'm going to get a T-shirt. All right. Yeah, I mean, so what do you what do you think the odds are that team beats Kansas City Chiefs this weekend? Slim them. Oh. Even with Nick Foles hey, back, quarterback, no chance. Back to tonight, a game that should feature Alex Smith sitting out. What was that? Uh, I think Alex. he's out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been declared out with a concussion. They finally have admitted that he has a concussion, and, yeah, he's out. Uh, he's been ruled out for this week. Well, then I'm going to have a lineup change I got to make in one Well, it looks like. That's okay. I think I can throw uh, Nolan Gordon in my lineup, so it's not the end of the world. 
because uh, it's a super flexible. And I think ah. I'm in a little out of the loop, folks. Spend too much time concentrating on the defensive side of the ball. Well, at least I found that out before Sunday. Or I'd have been, thank you, Wallace, you helpful person, you. I usually <laughs> check Andrew reports. What I'm I here usually for. check Andrew that reports and on Friday nights. Usually on, because I usually go through and take a pass through my lineup on Thursday morning and make sure that I've got the guys in on Thursday that I want. And then I'll make another pass through on Saturday. Yeah, even with Nick, that just makes me like Shark Hendrick West that much more. Yeah, exactly. Foles didn't look yeah, bad. Yeah, he, yeah he and, you know, he's way. had his moments, obviously. He had that one great year with yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, not great news for Jeremy Mathis. Yeah, I know. Uh, that, well, who's really picking up steam, though, is that Tyreek Hill. I really like him as a, as a, a nice sleeper pick this week. Uh, it looked like they really had a chemistry in the in the, the preseason, and I think Tyreek Hill could be a very very nice sleeper if you're needing one at the wide receiver position. Wouldn't be the first time you've seen the backup quarterback come in and start throwing one of the you know yeah. not the primary receiver because he's developed a rapport with in practice with one of the other guys. Falcons, Buccaneers, Mister Sperling, Mike Evans, or Julio Jones. Uh, oh, banged up whether the Falcons I, want to admit it or not. Yeah, I did that. I think the Buccaneers, although they had they had scaled back their uh, passing attack of late when Jacquez Rogers was running so well, and they didn't really want uh, Jameis to, you know, throw too many more interceptions. You just got to go back to Week One where he had four touchdown passes. Uh, against this defense, and I'm going to go ahead and go with um, I'm going to go with Mike Evans, Mr. Lasky. You have to start one of the Tampa running backs tonight. Which one is it? I would roll the dice and go with Anton Skitt. He's got a much more proven track record. Uh, even though he's been used only in the past, once he's been used, he has proven that he can do the job. He had several touchdowns a couple years back. Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, now he's playing against them. I can see this guy going on as well. Um, even though I like Harper, I still have to go with Anton Smith because I think he leads the uh, backfield in touches, and uh, I think he can do the job tonight. I think it's uh, it's going to be a crapshoot. I mean, there's just no way we're going to know. And to be completely honest, Dirk Cutter might not know at this moment, mm-hmm. who his top running – it may be that, you know, once they get into the flow of the game with one of these guys, whether it's Smith or Peyton Barber, starts finding some holes and picking up some yards, that's going to be the guy I would expect. I agree with you, Wally. Given my choice, thing, nine times out of ten, it would be Julio. But something wasn't right with him this past week against Green Bay. They've got a short week for him to get right. Yep. And – Tampa's probably going to throw the ball 40-something odd times. So, I would be inclined to lean Mike Evans as well. Should be a decent game, though. Should be a lot of offense, at least. Should be entertaining. I don't think it's going to be a 20-17 to 17 game. Let's put it that way. All right. Knock on wood, because it is Thursday night. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Brings us to a slugfest in the AFC North. Dun, dun, dun. Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, Mr. Sperling, over-under, 20 fantasy points, Antonio Brown. Mm. Ah, this is one that's tough. I know Ben Roethlisberger has been practicing on a limited basis. Can I throw a caveat on there? If Ben plays, I say over. If Ben doesn't, I say under. Can I get a judge's ruling? Forbidden. I can. <laughs> that a boy, I'm Gary. Just be over. difficult. <laughs> I'm just gonna say over. I think Steve Smith's gonna play. Practice in a limited fashion today. I, I would really like. 
Yeah, I couldn't hear it all either. Uh, I'd like to see Steve Smith play, but I, I don't know if he's going to. Um, uh, Mike Wallace has been uh, doing quite a bit of good as of late, and that's odd considering I'm saying that, and he played for the Vikings and was miserable, and before that he played with the Dolphins and was miserable. Um, but yeah, also, but both those teams, both of those teams, the Miami Dolphins and Tennessee, they have quarterbacks who – I mean, Flacco's thing is Flacco's got an arm like a can. He's, his skill set fits with Mike Wallace better, I think, than Ryan Tannehill did, and certainly better than Teddy Bridgewater's did. Where Wallace is going to thrive is vertically. I mean, you can't – if you want him to start running 10-yard hook patterns, yeah, that's not going to work. Now, if it's a 27-yard go, then, yeah, that's, that's more his thing. I think, personally, check the practice reports again tomorrow. If Smith – even limited practices again tomorrow, I think he'll go. Given that it's Pittsburgh, it's a yeah. big game for the Ravens. They've lost, what, three in a row, I think. And it's Steve Smith. So, ankle or no ankle. If he if he's good enough to practice in a limited fashion, I think he's going to be out there. And that's another one. There's some really good games this weekend, some division rivalries. And Pittsburgh-Baltimore is always good for a few personal fouls. And Mike Tomlin running onto the field. And Oh, good stuff. We're skipping Dallas-Cleveland because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jaguar Boy, Chiefs. We'll go to you. Well, you guys already said you think Dallas going to win 77 to nothing. So oh, am I, oh, why do why you want to – why are you want to – why? Don't, don't be so bitter because the Indians lost last night that we can't talk about the Browns. Okay? Hey. I mean, God bless your Indians, but hey – you're just projecting because your so-called great Minnesota Vikings team has dropped two in a row, couldn't block a high school team, <laughs> and the Packers are sniffing at their heels. So you can just just back up. Just because you're down in Loserville with me and Wally don't mean that you have to get all sniffy because oh, yeah. you were in the light for a little bit. <laughs> now that you're in the darkness with the rest of us, just enjoy it, okay? All right. I, I, do, I do pretty good work in the dark. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, Mr. Lasky, PPR scoring. We'll go 18 fantasy points for Sharkandrick West. Uh, I got to go over. I, I doesn't matter who the running back is this week, whether it's Spencer Ware or Sharkandrick West. I love the matchup against Jacksonville. Uh, they're going to be able to run the ball all day. As we've talked about, Alex Smith is going to be out, which means Nick Foles is going to be there. I expect more of a conservative game plan, if you really want to say that, but expect the Chiefs to run the ball more. I love Chuck and request this week. Mr. Sperlin, Jeremy Macklin with Foles throwing the ball, or Alan Hearns after our first Alan Hearns sighting of the season. They had a pretty good game last week. Well, that's why we love garbage time points. Oh, this is this is a tough one, but I'm, I'm once again I'm going to go ahead and go with Macklin. Uh, Foles didn't look bad last week. Jacksonville looked very bad last week, so uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go with who I, the player from the better team that has something to play for and won't mail it in. Well, I was going to say Allen Robinson, but I figured that'd be a pretty although. Hearns outpointed Allen Robinson last week. So I would have took Macklin yeah. over Allen Robinson as well. <laughs> Allen Robinson, Robinson is uh Robinson's right there with Nuck Hopkins on the list of wide receivers that are currently whereas last year it was the running backs like Jeremy Hill and Eddie Lacey and there the list was long. This year it almost feels like it's the wide receivers that the top is that you're like bust, bust. Yep. Bust. No, I mean, Jordan Odell Beckham. Des Bryant. Yep. Odell Beckham had one ginormous game and one other decent game and a whole bunch of disappearing acts. Brandon Marshall. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's his, a there's a ton of them. Yeah. You look at his season numbers, but he had a, what eight two twenty two two was one game. So. Yeah. And that's from a top three overall pick. So. I know the one league that I drafted in the first round. That team is two and six, so <laughs> not a win. New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, Mr. Sperlin, Matt Forte, or Jay. 
I'm going to throw a little curveball here, and I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be uh, Matt Forte. The Jets, while I'm disappointed in their sack totals, uh, according to NFL.com, they're the number one rush defense. They only allow 74 yards per game on the ground. And I think that that magical run comes to a halt this week. And Forte's been used in the passing game a little bit more of late. So I'm going to go Forte. Battle of the disappointing wide receivers, Brandon Marshall or Jarvis Landry, Todd? Uh, I actually had Brandon Marshall as one of my um, possible picks for a stud this week. And as you guys have heard, I've chosen Jarvis Landry a couple times as my dud this week. I'm not a big fan of his this year overall. Um, I think Brandon Marshall can pick it up. Like I said, I expected him to be my my stud last week because he was griping a little bit. I think they're going to get him the ball. So I'm rolling the dice and saying Brandon Marshall gets his his say this week and outperforms Jarvis Landry. Okay. Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, Mr. Hulam, <laughs> Matt Asiata or Theo Riddick? Oh, I'm going to go Theo Riddick. Uh, he's going to be a big part of the offense. No, he won't be able to run it between the tackles, but they're going to use him in the passing game. Uh, looks like Jerk McKinnon, from the latest reports I've seen, is on track to play. So I think that that's going to eat into Asiata. Uh, I think Todd put it very eloquently when he said, paint dries faster than Asiata runs. So I'm going to go Theo Riddick. Hey, I said something nice about a lion. <laughs> the problem is every- the problem is every time fantasy owners are, are we're ready to just wash our hands of Matt Asiata and turn our backs on him forever, he'll score two goal line touchdowns and put up RB1 numbers that week, and you're like, son of a – like I said, he's the Freddy Krueger running backs. He will not die. So it wouldn't surprise me if he went. Now, I'm sitting him in one league where I have him – Actually, I think I'm sitting him across the board. If only, but that league, the serious dynasty league, it's only because somehow I backed in actually having some backfield depth now. So I got DeMarco Murray going, I got Sharkandrick West going, and I've got Ajayi going, and I can only start three running backs. So, but I, if I could start four and only start two wide receivers, I would because I don't have any wide receivers. So Steve Smith playing would be a, a very nice little benefit in that particular league. <laughs> Although somehow I'm six somehow I'm six and two. I damned if I know how. But Mr. Lasky. What's up with the Vikings, man? What are they Gary? Hello? Oh, yeah, Gary. Out there. Yeah, uh, Gary. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Todd. Okay, I did not hear the question. I said, "What's up with your Vikings? What? How do they get back on track, man? What's going on? Five in a row, then two losses. I look bad against the Bears. What's up?" Well, I I don't know. I mean, part of this is going to be because of North Turner. I think he wanted to run the ball way too much up the middle. And that just is not what they do right now. They're not running the ball well at all. The offensive line has had way too many injuries. They could not even afford to uh, try and trade or do something at the trade deadline because they only had 591000 available. Uh, otherwise, they were going to be over the cap. They're very strapped at uh, the offensive line, and they're just not performing well right now. They've lost way too many bodies this year. Can they hold on in the NFC North or – can they can they hold on in the NFC North, or are the Packers going to catch them? Uh, I think it's going to come down to the end of the year because right now, obviously, the Packers aren't playing their best ball either. Um, obviously, they've also been banged up quite a bit at running back and wide receiver. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the uh, to the very last week. We'll see what happens. Uh, I guess weather could be a big part of that, as you know, because Green Bay is outdoors, whereas the Vikings are playing. Uh, uh, in better confines, but uh, it could come down to the very last week of the year. Another big division showdown, and the game has got quite a bit of importance for the teams involved, the New York Giants 
Philadelphia Eagles. Mr. Sperling, you have to start an Eagles running back. Who's it going to be? Darren Sproles. Ryan Matthews played eight snaps last week. Don't be fooled by that touchdown. Only eight snaps. I go Sproles. I don't. I don't think anyone can trust Matthews right now. Uh, it, it snaps are dwindling, and eight is not a good number for a running back as far as total snaps. Okay. I'll build on that question to you, Todd. Darren Sproles or Rashad Jennings? Uh, I, I would go Sproles in a heartbeat on that one as well. Um, I actually think Paul Perkins is going to start eating into Rashad Jennings' uh, snap count. Uh, I like Paul Perkins as a very deep sleeper for the future for the Giants. Uh, he seems to be a, a better overall fit. We also know that Rashad Jennings does end up getting hurt more often than not. I think the Giants want to see what they've got in Perkins, so I expect Perkins to eat into Gen- Jennings' total. So because of that, Jennings is not my choice. You know, all I can say is that Doug Peterson really thinks that Darren Sproles is his lead tail. I just don't know if Darren Sproles can hold up under that at this point in his career. I mean, Darren Sproles is not a spring chicken. You start asking him to carry the ball or touch the ball, you know, 15, 18 times a game, I think he could be asking for trouble. Carolina Panthers, Los Angeles Rams, Mr. Sperling, Jonathan Stewart, or Todd Gurley? I can – the fact that I didn't have to ask me to want to vomit. Todd Gurley killing me. He's killing our blog talk radio team just to, to, to in that league. Just to update you guys. Two and six, sinking with Gurley. That's our motto. Why do you why do you even <laughs> why do you say killing? You mean killed you can go ahead and pass yeah. tense it. Ah boy. I I just how about it's the Rams. Quinn is back. You got Donald. I'm going Todd Gurley. Because if I'm going to sink in our, our you know, host league, I'm going to sink big. Todd Gurley, 200 yards, two touchdowns. Go get him, Todd. Go get him. Where's Wally? <laughs> Wally, record another shot. I don't have oh, any. That's the problem. <laughs> I wish 200. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how my deathmatch team is 4-4 four and four with that bomb dragging me down. <laughs> Killing me. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both, man. But I'm taking him. <laughs> Mr. Lasky, once again, the fact that this is a question just shows you what kind of year it's been. Kenny Britt or Kelvin Benjamin? I'm, I'm going to go Kelvin Benjamin because sooner or later he's got to light it up, doesn't he? Uh, he's been pretty quiet this year, but he's got the talent. He's Obviously, he's a big man. He's a big target. Uh, sooner or later, I think he's got to have a big game. It could very well be this week. Cam Newton was pretty upset. He was going to talk to the Commissioner Goodell about how things are being run right now. I think Cam Newton comes back with a, a clear focus. He wants to prove a point. I think Cam Newton has a good day with Kelvin Benjamin. You know, I would probably say Benjamin too, but it would not surprise me even a little bit if it winds up being Britt. If, and God help him, if Case Keenum has time, he might actually be able to make some hay because that Carolina secondary is to say they are missing Josh Norman is an understatement. They thought they'd just plug in and, you know, we'll just plug in a couple of rookies and Benet Ben Wickery back here and we'll be fine. No, you're not fine. You're not. You're the opposite of fine. Yep. New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers. Oof. Well, these matchups kind of went south on us. <laughs> Mr. Sperlin, six-point passing touchdowns, over under 30 for Drew Brees. Ooh, six-point touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to go over. I'm being optimistic this week. I, I'm going to go ahead and say over the, the 49ers, just a train wreck. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that that Drew does it. Oh, I hope Carlos Hyde plays because although they did pretty well against Christine Michaels, so maybe that Saints run defense has turned a little bit of a corner. We'll do an over under for you too, Mr. Lasky. We'll go 14 fantasy points PPR. Timmy Hightower. I picked up Hightower in one of my leagues. It was actually a, almost a coin flip between picking up. Hightower 
or Charkan request. I rolled the dice with Hightower, hoping that Spencer Ware was going to be healthy. It turns out he's probably not going to be. But I also like Hightower's matchup this week. I'm going over on Hightower. Yeah, I think I actually went Hightower over West in a couple places, too, because I wasn't sure what where status was going to be. You know, decisions you got to make on Wednesday sometimes don't quite look as good on Thursday, because right now, obviously, I think we'd all say West is the guy you want. But what are you going to – Hightower looked good. I watched that Seahawks-Saints game. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than he looked good. And Ingram, I don't care how good you are. You put the ball on the ground. You are going to get sat. So. Yep. And with high, and mm-hmm. if you get sat, if you get sit down, and then the guy you get sit down for goes out there and throws up a hundred yards on one of the better run defenses in the NFL, well, that's that's what you call a perfect storm. Couldn't have no night. I've stayed away from Mark Ingram this year anyway. There's something about him I've never trusted from a fantasy perspective. So. Indianapolis Colts, Green Bay Packers. Mr. Sperlin, assuming he plays, T.Y. Hilton or Jordy Nelson? No, Jordy Nelson. I've I got to go with him. He's, he's my stud. I'm going to do it. And, you know, Hilton played last week, but he definitely looked hampered. I know he practiced today. I'm not sure if he got in a full or limited. But, no, I'm still going to go with Jordy. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, not that the Green Bay secondary is, Lights out covering people, but no, I, li- I like Jordy in this matchup too much, so I'm going to go with him. Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck, Todd? Ooh, wow. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice thinking that maybe there's a running touchdown from Green Bay via Ty Montgomery or that sort of thing. Whereas Andrew Luck, I think, is going to have to put up at least 400 yards. I do like Dante Moncrief also in this matchup. So I'm going to take Andrew Luck in a bit of a shocker. Wow, over a white-hot Andrew Rogers. Todd with the bold call. Tennessee Titans, San Diego Chargers got some running backs making some hay in this one. DeMarco Murray with a bulky toe or Melvin Gordon? Oh, that's a nice question. I know I say that a lot, but I like when they're good questions. Murray, gonna... Murray was a yep. full participant in practice today. I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. Uh, very really? close. But I just think I just think they'll probably spell Murray a little bit more, which you know obviously they they don't really drop off that much when that happens. And I think just to keep him healthy and Gordon's pretty much all they got. There, there's nobody really that, that cuts into his carries, whereas Henry can you know step in and, and still get the job done. So I'm going to go with Gordon because I just think he gets ends up with more carries, but it's very very close. Like that's six to one half. That Tennessee team can. It don't matter what back. I mean, if Murray wasn't playing this week, if the toe was worse and he was sitting, and Derrick Henry would be a top ten back this week. Tennessee is running the football as well as anybody in Nashville. With those tackles they got, might not be the best pass protectors in the world, Conklin and Lewin, but man, they maul in the run game. I think Tennessee might be leading the NFL in rushing at this point. If they're not, they're right there because they were third going in the last yeah, week, and they ran all over Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Denver Broncos, yeah, Oakland Raiders. Denver and Oakland, Mr. Lasky. Demarius Thomas, Amari Cooper. Uh, I'm going to go Amari Cooper. I, but while he touched on it earlier, Trevor Simeon is not clicking in all cylinders right now, uh, whereas – Mr. Carr has been lights out for the Raiders. Uh, I, even though he's got a tough matchup at cornerback, I still think that Cooper wins out at the end of the day. Wally, Emmanuel Sanders or Michael Crabtree? 
Annual sin is Michael Crabtree. I think that this is probably a better week for Cooper. So I'm going to go Emmanuel Sanders. Another close one, but he also seems to be a little bit more of uh, Simeon's favorite target, although Thomas, I think, is probably scoring a bit more as far as touchdowns. But I think Sanders gets plenty of looks. So, And I, I, I said I like this as a Cooper week, so I'll go Sanders. Broncos need a big game. Broncos need Devontae Booker to show up in that game. He should be able to run the ball against Oakland. I know he was limited yep. in practice, but honestly, his being limited in practice today, I think, is just him limiting his reps as much as anything. I don't think there's any question that he is going to play against the Oakland Raiders, and they need him. I don't. You don't want to get as good as Denver's defense is. I don't know if I want to get into a shootout with Oakland, if only because I don't trust Denver's offense. Yep. yep. Go to the last question to you, Mister Lasky. Buffalo Bills, Seattle Seahawks, over under sixteen fantasy points for Christine Michael. With the way Russell Wilson has struggled lately, um, it, it's really hard to go against Christian Michael in the running game because um, Seattle's going to throw the ball somehow. It does sound like Tyler Lockett will be back, which is going to help out the offense, but he's not used that much. I still think at the end of the day it's going to be the Christian Michael show, so I'm going to go over. I hope so. Michael needs a good game because Thomas Rawls is nearing a return. We saw proceeds start to eat into his workload. And the fact that he was unable to run, I mean, he, he much like Ryan Matthews, not to the degree that Matthews who only played eight snaps, but Matt, uh, Michael kind of saved the day for fantasy owners with a touchdown. But mm-hmm. he didn't have a very good game against the New Orleans Saints defense that ain't been able to stop nobody this year. So if you're a Christine Michael owner, and he does go out and have a big game against Buffalo. I think, honestly, because the trading deadline is going to be approaching in a lot of leagues, you know, it might not be a bad idea if you've got a little bit of depth at running back to think about selling. If you can get something in return and shore something else up. That's what I, I own Michael in a couple of leagues. I shouldn't, probably shouldn't be saying this on the air, but I own Michael in a couple of leagues, and I'm kind of hoping that he can go out and put up a buck and a quarter and score a touchdown, and then I'm going to look to move him. Because That's a good plan. Plus, <laughs> once I get once, well, I, but my only problem there is I'm not very deep at running back. I got the two Cleveland backs, Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell. I've got Michael. I've got David Johnson, and then I've got a bunch of junk. So I'm kind of only three deep because I kind of consider Cleveland backs just one guy. I don't want to have to start both of them in a given week. That's my only concern. Sure. But, once I get past right, Wally. Five, I only need really one running back slot because David Johnson's kind of an every week start type of deal. Yes. Given yes, given that he's had a hundred, given that he's had a hundred total yards in every game. Yes. Love David Johnson. Fantasy MVP. Oh, even last week, even last week, racking up them yards and ran rushed for twenty yards, eighty-four yards in reception, saving the day in PPR for his fantasy owners. Granted, in standard scoring last week, it was a little bit more. But you're still getting what? I think he had 104 total yards. You're getting double-digit points mm-hmm. out of a running back in a blowout. A guy that rushed for 20 yards. I mean, there's Le'Veon Bell is probably the only running other running back in the NFL right now I can think of who might put up that kind of stat line. That even if he's, they can't get it done on the ground at all, he's going to bail you out with those catches. Sure. Angle see yep. Todd Gurley bailing you out. Todd Gurley won't throw nobody. <laughs> okay, Wally, here's the deal. Uh, your Michigan team and my Minnesota team, we both are also hosts to two of the best craft breweries in the nation. You with your Bells and myself with Summit. We have to agree that we bet a six-pack on the game this week. All right. What do you think? We'll do that. We'll do All that, right. even though I'm pretty sure Lions are in trouble, but I'm a sporting kind of fella, so I will do that. <laughs> All right. So I got All a right. six-pack of summit coming your way. You got a six-pack of bells coming my way, huh? Uh, yep. We will make that happen. All right, you sir. You heard it here, folks. 
used to be back in the days of Kellogg's comments, we would bet hats, but now after a few years of doing this, we're betting liquor because that's just how we roll (laughs) on the fantasy football feeding frenzy. I hope everyone has a great week nine. It's the last of these stupid 16 buys, folks. Although that week 13 buy this year is just. That's not good. Right. And I know a couple leagues. I'm in the serious dynasty league and deathmatch are both 12 week regular seasons. So they're literally going to end. And you can't get a buy in deathmatch. There's no, because there's four weeks of playoffs. So there are going to be teams. Yeah. So you could, I mean, and you look at some of the guys who have a bye in week 13. DeMarco Murray has a bye week 13. Mm -hmm. Crowell and Duke Johnson. I mean, it's only two teams, Cleveland and Tennessee, but there are some guys, you know, Crowell, Duke Johnson. Mariota, who's playing well, but, yeah. Uh, Corey Coleman coming back, you never know. Yeah. Terrell Pryor. I mean, yeah, and in a – year, but they need to lay off the liquor. We need more <laughs> liquor. They need less liquor. There exactly. you go. I'll drink to that. Have a great week, everyone. All righty. Good night. Good luck.